Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Plans for a new Belmont Public Library unveiled by Christy Armstrong. The Belmont Library Building Committee, together with the architectural team from Odin's Alloy Architecture, presented the final schematic design and budget for the new Belmont Library to a standing room only crowd on November the 12th. More than 70 people came to view what the new library will look like and hear how it will be used as well as find out what it will cost to build. Of course, one of the biggest questions of the night was the price tag for the library rebuild. What is it going to cost? $35.2 million, stated Colburn. This amount is based on the timeline of a 2024 construction start date after at townwide debt exclusion vote in November of 2022, Colburn said. She's, she noted that the committee would be fundraising with a capital campaign to try to bring the cost down as much as possible for the town. Peter Strazario, the director of the Belmont Public Library, spoke about the uniqueness of this library rebuilding process for Belmont. This is going to be a building that Belmont is go- uh, was going to design. Belmont was going to decide what the building was going to be, where it was going to be, and how big it was going to be. So the whole thing is pretty unique to the community. The 41,500-square-foot building will be primarily on two floors, with a children's wing, a dedicated young adult room, a community room, a digital media lab and maker space, and study rooms. The current library building is 29,650 square feet. The new library will also include a history wing, history wing with a new Claflin room, as well as a Belmont room housing historical artifacts. The children's wing will have a dedicated story time and craft room and a secured outdoor area. A new feature for the library will be eight individual study rooms, which Conrad Ello, principal architect, described as quiet collaborative spaces popular in libraries now. A top priority for the new library was that it will be zero net energy, said Ello which was a message the committee and architects heard loud and clear from Belmont residents. That support for sustainability was unique to Belmont, he told the audience. There will be 10,000 square feet of photovoltaic array of solar panels, which will meet 25 to 40 percent of the energy needs of the building and could be expanded further by utilizing additional available roof space. We will need off-site renewables as well, Ello said. 
All mechanical systems will be electric using no fossil fuels, noted LO, and the architects will continue to determine how energy demands could be reduced. The exterior of the building will be primarily brick and glass, with a 28-foot-high main section, which is not higher than the current library, according to LO. The front entrance to the new library will be level with Concord Avenue, and there will be a transparent glass area with views straight through from Concord Avenue to the Wellington Brook. The center section of the building will feature a raised roof and celestial windows, which will bring in a large amount of natural light, Ello said. The wooded area behind the library, where the Wellington Brook flows, was a major focus for the designers. We wanted to change the relationship of the building to Wellington Brook, explained landscape architect Glenn Valentine, so that it is recognized, appreciated, and restored. A woodland garden and civic plaza will be created, as well as a boardwalk and stormwater gardens for the watershed area. Questions from the audience at the November 12th meeting included how many parking spaces would be available for the new building and whether there will be a possibility of including a cafe in the exterior design, or excuse me, in the interior design. Conrad Ello responded the existing 42 parking spaces would remain with the new building. The parking lot would be redesigned, but there would be no reduction of parking. In terms of the cafe idea, Claire Colburn, chairman of the Library Building Committee, responded that there is a capability for that in the new library's community room, which has an associated catering kitchen in the design. We will use the space in the most resourceful and respectful way, she said, but having a space that could serve both the catering aspect for receptions and then also provide some basic food service is something we've talked about a lot. The next Library Building Committee public information session will be held on December the 10th. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thanks, Bob. Town meeting votes against rejoining Minuteman. Town meeting votes against rescinding withdrawal of Minuteman membership by Joanna Zuvelis. After nearly two hours of debate, special town meeting voted 140 against and 95 in favor of rescinding Belmont's membership to the Minuteman High School on November 13. Three years ago, special town meeting in Belmont voted to rescind its membership from the Minuteman, which allowed the town to avoid paying its share of the debt service for the new $145 million Minuteman High School building which opened this past September. Since then, Belmont's superintendent, John Phelan, appointed a working group to explore career and vocational tech education options. The working group gave its report to the school committee in June 2018, recommending Belmont reinstate its status as a member, district, of Minuteman because it is the only option with the capacity and willingness to commit to a long-term relationship with the town. Jim Gamble, Belmont's representative on the Minuteman School Committee, recently gave presentations to the select board and school committee demonstrating the possibility that due to the increased enrollment, Belmont students may be turned away if Belmont is a non-member. 
town meeting members had to decide if the risk would be worth taking. If they voted to rescind the decision to withdraw in order for Belmont to regain membership, the Minuteman School Committee would have had to unanimously accept the decision. They would have also expected a catch-up payment on the debt service for the new building totaling $472,667 for fiscal 18, 19, and 20. Beginning in fiscal 21, Belmont would have been responsible for paying 1% of the annual debt service, about $40,000 to $50,000 per year, even if zero students from Belmont enroll. State William Browns State Senator William Brownsberger, town meeting member at large, was one of many town meeting members who spoke against rescinding Belmont's withdrawal. I don't think we want to encourage a lot of people going out of Belmont schools, particularly to an institution that is competing. Let's do our best to help students who need help, he said. Chenery Middle School eighth grade teacher Caitlin Corrieri spoke as a guest at the special town meeting, imploring members to allow students to have the Minuteman education option for their future. At the conclusion of town meeting, Bob McLaughlin, <coughs> Precinct 2 town meeting member and member of the Warrant Committee, who was against rescinding Belmont's withdrawal from the Minuteman, thanked Gamble for all his work on behalf of the town. Gamble received a standing ovation from town meeting. Now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Dance Studio holds Showcase <laughs> Celebrating Rebranding by Mayumi Murayama. A Belmont dance studio has kicked off another year of high-quality dance and fitness instruction under the new name Avalon Dance Productions. Its annual fall showcase, Legends, Divas, and Superstars, was held on October 19th as their first production since the rebranding. It was an evening that re represented the studio's smooth sailing into a new era and demonstrated the vibrant network of dancers and their supporters, which has been growing under, uh, over the past five years under new ownership. The showcase itself had a generous program in two acts, composed of 22 numbers, composing a vast array of styles, including salsa, waltz, foxtrot, and more. The 22 dancers performed in various pairs with unique costumes that matched the theme of the music. Wearing genuine smiles, they ra radiated infectious energy and love for their art. Returning audience members, including this author, readily noticed the improvements of dancers who had performed in previous showcases. Their expanded breadth of technique and expressiveness is a true testament to the direction of the studio's dedicated instructors. The studio's membership has steadily grown each year, with three new dancers making their showcase debut this fall, who all received an especially warm introduction and applause. In addition, the studio welcomed back, welcomed back internationally renowned examiner Marianne Nicole as a judge and John De Palma as the master of ceremonies, who skillfully kept the show moving. Peter Walker, studio owner and leading instructor, made several appearances on the dance floor, demonstrating his abilities to securely support any student with his stellar technique and years of experience. His artistic vision and willingness to dance among his students is surely part of the studio's draw. The showcase also featured the network of individuals and businesses surrounding Walker, which all came to elevate the performance further. Matt Shimizu and Jess Nicole, instructors, 
could be seen performing with their partners, mesmerizing the audience with exciting choreography. Flowers from Studio Hyacinth in Arlington and Jane's Flowers in Belmont decorated the hall, and Robin Weiss, a studio member and jewelry maker, sold her headdresses and accessories at a display table. Up to the intermission bar, bar service and the reception afterwards, it was a well-arranged evening. Coinciding with the rebranding was the appointment of Miwa Rifu as the new managing director. An avid competitive dancer herself, Rifu joined the Avalon staff three years ago and has since been an indispensable force throughout the studio's growth and expansion and was a key organizer of last year's monumental pancreatic cancer fundraiser. Rifu hopes to continue the studio's community outreach while building a supportive network through dance. With Walker's leadership in the artistic direction combined with Rifu's vision of an interconnected community, Avalon Dance Productions has taken a step forward. After the first five years of success, it is certainly worth keeping an eye out for what they have in store for the next five. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Hot topics. What to know about the latest trends? And that would be celery juice. I believe that celery juice is a miracle juice, and it's one of the greatest healing tonics of all time, writes Anthony William on goop.com. The self-proclaimed medical medium says that his knowledge about health comes from a voice he hears that he calls spirit. William recommends drinking 16 ounces of fresh uh, celery juice with nothing added, or it will lose its healing benefits, he says, on an empty stomach every day. Voila! Celery juice can help reverse Alzheimer's disease, prevent cancer and hair loss, manage addiction, promote weight loss, clear up acne, reduce inflammation, combat night uh, sweats, heal digestive problems, fight off unwanted bacteria and viruses, and much more, promises William in his book titled, What Else? Celery Juice. Really? Celery has some nutrients, but it's no superstar, says Lisa Young, an adjutant uh, professor of nutrition at New York University. For example, uh, one, one ounce of kale is roughly 10 times has more vitamins A and K and 30 times more vitamin C. Looking for research on, on celery juice? Good luck. No problem, says William. There are undiscovered healing properties inside celery juice that medical research and science will not yet aware of, claims his website. A couple of small short-term studies on celery was done in people, but the rest were done on lab animals, says Young. And the few human studies which reported that far more concentrated celery extract lowered high blood pressure or blood sugar, for example, had serious flaws, like no control group. Why do so many people swear by celery juice? Maybe they're not healthy eaters to start with, Young offers. So instead of starting their morning off with cinnamon roll, they're getting some nutrients and water from the celery juice. They feel good, maybe because they expect to. So they think it's some kind of miracle. But focusing on one vegetable in large doses is problematic because you can lose sight of the total diet, she adds. We need a variety of fruits, vegetables, and for good health. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. 
St. Teresa of Avila school students visit elderly neighbors. Forming the Future by Jacqueline Tetralt, pilot staff. West Roxbury. Every year, the students of St. Teresa of Avila School in West Roxbury have a parade in their Halloween costumes. But this year, they took the parade to a new destination, Deutsches Altenheim, a senior living community located near the school. Several students and staff members have relatives at Deutsches Altenheim, which was originally established as a retirement residence for elderly German-Americans, according to the center's website. It offers long-term care, outpatient rehabilitation, memory care, adult day health services, and assisted living opportunities. Jean Leahy, the principal of St. Teresa's, said the idea to bring the Halloween event to the home came from fifth grade teacher Nancy McGann during a staff meeting at the beginning of October. The staff was considering ways to expand the school's community service programs. We're really working to expand our mission. Learn together, live together, in prayer and in kindness, Leahy said, speaking to the pilot on November 12. In the past, Leahy said, grade five students had sometimes visited and done activities in connection with the German home, such as making valentines for residents to display in their rooms. McGann, whose mother lives in Deutsches Altenheim's assisted living community, told the pilot that some of the residents are very lonely because they have outlived all their relatives and have no one to visit them. She said she hopes the students will learn from the experience that we need to take care of each other. On October 31st, despite the drizzling rain, about 250 students marched in their costumes from the school to Deutsches Altenheim. The teachers who have relatives there led the parade. McGann said that one kindergarten student saw his grandmother in a wheelchair on the front steps and ran up to her as they arrived. The older stu students were paired up with younger students and coached them in how to greet the residents. The social communication and interactions between fifth and sixth graders and the four-year-olds, as well as those with the residents of the German home, were delighted to see the students, Leahy said. The students visited every part of the building, wishing everyone a happy Halloween. It was a lot of fun. The kids appreciated seeing the people and putting smiles on their faces, and it really made a difference in everyone's life. It wasn't just watching the older people smiling. The younger kids got it. They understood that they were happy there. They were there to make somebody happy, McGann said. After the Halloween parade, McGann had her students share how they had felt during the visit. I was amazed by the kindness and deep understanding of the importance the children made in the day for these lovely people, McGann said. The school is now planning to have the upper grades volunteer at Deutsches Altenheim on a monthly basis. Grades four through six will read to residents and all grades will come in December to sing Christmas carols. My goal is that our youngsters recognize the importance of visiting the elderly, bringing their youth and spirit to them and the mutual value for our students and for the residents. I hope that can be expanded upon, Leahy said. Now over to Max.
Thank you, Claire. New Employee Health Insurance Plan Design Approved. Per state statute, a health insurance review panel has unanimously approved a revised plan design for Belmont employees' health insurance. The revisions of the plan design for employees includes increases in certain co-pays, deductibles, and out-of-pocket maximums, which will result in lower premium increases at renewal. In addition, the town will contribute 25% of the expected total first-year savings to a mitigation plan to directly assist and benefit employees. The panel was convened according to state law because Belmont and the town unions did not reach an agreement after a statutory 30-day negotiation period. The three members included Town Administrator Patrice Garvin, Jason Leto, representing the town unions, and Mary Ellen Shea as a neutral third party. We are pleased with the agreement, Garvin said. It is fiscally responsible for the town while continuing to provide high-quality health insurance to our employees and retirees. The plan design process began in August. The town met with the Public Employee Committee six times. They reached consensus on plan design changes and mitigation. But the PEC objected to the language in the draft agreement that Town Council advised Belmont was required by statute. The resulting impasse was resolved by both sides and a decision was issued in accordance with statute. The panel's responsibilities, including ensuring that plan design proposed by Belmont was at least favorable to employees as the Massachusetts Group Insurance Commission benchmark plan. After a public hearing on November 14th, the panel voted unanimously to order the plan design and mitigation as proposed by the town. The panel heard from members of the unions as well as the town's Human Resources Department before reaching its decision. The agreement will take effect January 1st, 2020. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. What is a Rhodes Scholar Caregiver Grant? Caregiver grants are designed to provide enriching opportunities for those shouldering the incredible responsibility of serving as family caregivers for ill or disabled loved ones. The warm and welcoming and friendly nature of our learning adventures provides a much-needed respite from the emotional and physical demands of being a caregiver. We're committed to helping you offset the costs of caregiving so you can attend a Rhodes Scholar learning adventure through our caregiver grants. You're an eligible caregiver if, under these five, five possibilities, you are primarily an unpaid caregiver providing daily care and support for an ill or disabled family member, a spouse, parent, adult, child, partner, or sibling. Your loved one may also be receiving home care, hospice, or visiting nurse, an LPN services, or comparable and related services. Or your loved one may be in adult care, memory care, or nursing home, or a comparable or related facility. Or you lost a loved one within the past two years and uh, who was in any of the above situations. And finally, you live in the United States or in uh, 50 years of age or older. Why travel and learn with Road Scholar? Not-for-profit Road Scholar is the world's largest and most innovative creator of educational travel adventures. Our mission is to inspire adults to learn, discover, and travel. Our learning adventures engage expert instructors, provide extraordinary access, and stimulate discourse and friendship among people for whom learning is the journey of a lifetime. 
Rhodes Scholar offers 5,500 learning adventures in 150 countries and states. For more information or to apply, call 877-426-8056. That number again is 877-426-8056. And now on to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Muzioli Plans Fundraiser for Autism by Joanna K. Juvelis. Dante Muzioli, lifelong Belmont resident and owner of Muzi's Ice Cream and Muzioli Landscaping, holds an annual fundraiser to give back to the community. <coughs> Excuse me. This year's fundraiser takes place at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, December 2, at Stazione de Federal, 123 Moody Street, Waltham. All funds raised will benefit the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. Muzioli said he chose the Flutie Foundation as this year's beneficiary because his daughter, Krista Muzioli, is the special needs director for Arlington's preschool program and works with autistic children. It's a time of giving, said Muzioli. It's a satisfying feeling when you do something for someone else. He also thinks it's a way to take time out of the busy holiday season for a worthy cause in a social setting. It's nice to get everybody together. It accomplishes two things, creates the memory of a good time and raises funds for a good cause, said Muzioli. Flutie is invited to the event, but Muzioli doesn't know if he will attend. The cost of the dinner is $65 per person, which includes hors d'oeuvres, dinner, and a cash bar. Donations of any denomination will be additional. Checks for donations should be made payable to the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation for Autism. Now here's Max. Thanks, Claire. Town Hall Welcomed Trick-or-Treaters by Joanna Juvelis. Town departments with offices at Town Hall and the Town Hall Annex dressed up for a pre-Halloween celebration on October 28th for young trick-or-treaters to enjoy. Beauty and the Beast, Under the Sea, Mario Kart, Batman, and Hocus Pocus were just some of the department themes which included employees dressing up and decorations. Select Board Chairman Adam Dash voted on the department with the most creative decorations and costumes. The town clerk's office won for their colorful Mario Kart theme, which even included gold coins for trick-or-treaters. The winning prize is pizza for the department staff. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we would like to wish you and our listeners a happy Thanksgiving, and we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.